Welcome to Sanctum. You're listening to The 100 Podcast, a show about CW sci-fi series, The 100. I'm Daniel Prime. Hallowed be his name. And I'm Olga, the One Crew Warrior. Today, we're discussing Season 7, Episode 1, entitled From the Ashes. No Cadigan, even though we had his quote, From the Ashes, We Will Rise. I wanted there to be Cadigan. Yeah, there's no second dawn. No dawn. Hoo-ha. No hoo-ha on this episode. <laughs> That's not the exclamation <laughs> I was searching for. Moving on from yeah, the hoo-ha. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> All right. Starting with housekeeping, guys. Uh, a few quick things I wanted to mention. One is uh, if you're new to the podcast, uh, when we're in season, like right now, uh, every week we do a first reaction video that we put up on youtube.com slash doing okay. That's D-O-I-N-G-O-K. Basically, so we right after the episode airs, uh, we immediately record, we immediately get up that night, and then, you know, a few days later, we record this more in-depth podcast, include your feedback, all that stuff, and that's going to be going up on Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, ish. Ish. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's the plan. I, I right now, I know last year I put up the first reacting videos also on the audio feed. I think I'm just going to keep them on as videos this time. Uh, if people str- strongly object to that, let me know. But uh, it just makes life a little bit easier to do one video and one audio thing a week. Yeah, that's an extra step yeah. that, let's be honest, we don't want to take. <laughs> <laughs> By we, I mean exclusively Dan, because yeah. I can't edit for the life of me. <laughs> if you watched said first reaction video or have been following us on the Twitters, uh, you know that we've talked a little bit about how there's been some behind the scenes drama, potential question stuff with Bob and potentially Jason and who knows what's going on. We're not going to be talking about that stuff during the podcast, we've decided, unless there's anything that provides like sufficient evidence that something behind the scenes is affecting the show. Uh, we're not going to really delve into that unless we get maybe emails about it or something. But yeah, we're we're not going to go in depth on like hot goss uh, <laughs> from the behind the scenes. You know, if, if something like really, really huge comes to light yeah. that is pretty concrete yeah. then then it'll probably pop in but other than like some tiny bits of feedback mm. here and there we're not gonna i mean the extent of it for this is as far as how it affects the show we want to we want to focus on the show and the positivity and concrete facts so i mean the one thing i guess we should mention is that bob supposedly asked for some time off so he's not going to be in every episode of the season which is explaining why on the show he's captured and taken away and might not be around for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So what else do we want to mention here? Uh, so for new listeners or just as a reminder for returning listeners, uh, we have the Love Boat segment at the end of the pod for those who are interested in hearing about shipping and just general Love. romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should have done a Love Boat segment when we got engaged. Yeah. Uh, we have a few congrats messages yeah. in there sprinkled in. So <laughs> yeah. thanks, everyone. So we, we always end with Love Boat so that if you're not a shipper, you we can skip that bit. But And we'll see you next week. Yeah. But. <laughs> All right. And then one last note is uh, usually we start off these podcasts doing a segment called Title Fight where we talk about the title. Uh, this week's title <laughs> is very on the nose. 
Uh, you know, it's just a quote from the show, so we're not going to I do have that. no second meaning here, <laughs> and if we did Once Upon a Time, then we discussed it way back when, when it was I mean, introduced. it's also, I mean, it makes sense for this episode. Uh, Ash is kind of important, the character, uh, mm-hmm. but also the fact that, you know, they're b- rebuilding from the ashes of what Sanctum was. Yep, yeah. and there's a fire. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we I guess we did do a title fight. Title fight. <laughs> All that said, shall we begin our recap, cap, 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 cap? We shall, 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 shall. Okay. So the way we've broken it down this week, we have uh, a section that's just about all the stuff in Sanctum, and then we have a separate section about the anomaly stuff. So we'll go do all that together rather than chronological order. Mm-hmm. All right. So Sanctum it is. Domesticity looks good on these groups as we go to Simone's old farmhouse, and we find out that they stole the doggy. Yeah, I mean, there are plenty of other people who probably love that dog before they got there, <laughs> but no. No, now we own dogs. It's doggies. Maddie's dog now. <laughs> she deserves it. Yeah. And we get a lot of, you know, this is a very, well, actually, we didn't really talk about our general feelings on the Oh, on yeah, the okay, episode. let's take a step. You're all like gung-ho, like, let's get in the recap. Yeah, recap cap. All right, rewind, wind. Well, what did you think of the episode? <laughs> Um, I enjoyed it. It was nice, man. It was so long awaited. I, I'm just so happy to be back. Mm-hmm. Woohoo! I don't know. It yeah. it was a good time. I enjoyed it, but even on rewatch. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's a pretty exposition heavy episode. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm interested in everything they're exposing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like be between like I like the setup of all these multiple, you know. Factions creating a powder keg within Sanctum itself. I like the domesticity thing of having this little house of them being able to like have a start a little family unit. Mm-hmm. All the characters, I'm pretty happy with their behavior. And no uh, one did anything to outright piss me off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great, fantastic! <laughs> yeah. What a change of pace from the last couple seasons. <laughs> Things can still change from here, yeah. but not in the premiere. And I mean, we didn't get a ton of new info out of the anomaly stuff, but it, it was still interesting. And yeah. obviously, we're going to dive into that more upcoming. Now they're in the anomaly. I'm fine with that. Like, I'm okay with a little bit of exposition stuff. Mm. I mean, it makes a rewatch less interesting, mm. but on first watch, it was fine. I did mm. see some people on Twitter immediately after the the premiere mm. aired going like, really should have found a season six recap to watch mm. before diving in. Like, who are all these people? <laughs> but because we had just finished a yeah. rewatch of season six, it wasn't as big of a deal. Yeah, like Trey and Nelson and all that stuff. Yeah, Nelson, yeah. who is the star of Sonic the Hedgehog. The greatest film of our generation. It was the last movie Oscar. we saw before going into quarantine, so <laughs> let's not be too smug. <laughs> yes, very good stuff. Um, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. I think the only real uh, complaint that I could see with this episode is just that not that much actually occurs. That's true. Yeah. There, yeah. There is some repetition mm. of like, I am standing my ground on this opinion. Well, we're standing our ground on this opinion. <laughs> Okay, fine. What do you expect? <laughs> All right. Fast forward. Back. There's a doggy. There's a dog. Yeah, named Picasso. I love him. I love Goldens. <laughs> All right. So we get the exposition of they're pretending that Maddie is still a commander, still has the working flame inside of her, so that one crew will stay united. 
and be the peacekeeping force that we all not know invading of. force peacekeeping force peacekeeping cannibals as murphy points out mm. they're sort of chatting about maddie there's some squabbling between the various moms and aunties and grandmas it, it was it was cute <laughs> it was a nice time yeah um and then they basically say hey raven what's up with that shade had a fella and i go oh god <laughs> and, and um she don't know shit yeah, his code disappeared. You know, they'll still go up to the mothership for some supply runs and maybe she'll look again. Yeah. But we find out later he's not there. Yes, more on that later. Yes. Uh, meanwhile, Clark is all about rebuilding that their sanctum and making things work for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Indra is comedy gold. She wants to eat, man. Okay. Yeah, Gaia can go deal with one crew. <laughs> Indra being like... I've got jokes. It was a real refreshing <laughs> change of. I mean, she's yeah. had like some witticisms in the past, but this episode well, it was it's like not just that she hardcore was, Indra. It's not even just that she was funny. It's that this is probably like the most we had of like she's. This is the most central role that I feel like she's almost ever been. Yeah, uh, and it was great. I loved yeah. every minute of it. Yeah. I really liked it. I mm. I know we said we wouldn't do too much behind the scenes talk, but I did see talk of how she'd been offered to be like a series. Uh, like regular, regular mm-hmm. in the past and she just like always declined it mm-hmm. herself Adina Porter yeah. and would rather be a guest so mm-hmm. maybe this season they're like well it's th- this is it yeah. time for your story to be like more central yeah yeah cool yeah uh, so Raven puts her foot in her mouth and is like, mothers and daughters, huh, Clark? <laughs> huh? It's and, not like Abby was sort of a surrogate mom to me. No, no. Yeah. And <laughs> what? Yeah. So, I mean, it was a dumb line, but I did like Raven. I, uh, Lindsay's like immediately like, holy shit face of why did I say that? Can we uh, just talk about yay, Raven yes. is back. Her mm. ponytail's back. Her wearing red is back <laughs> and her just being a good doobie a good doobie a big good, fan smart doobie yeah yeah good stuff she even she even needs maddie's help walking around later yeah they even remember like hey we have a character with a physical disability and maybe we should show that a little <sighs> yeah bit. demonstrate that <laughs> once in a while once a season. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah. So, basically, they're all talking about the palace, and they're like, we can't be seen as conquerors. We have to stay outside of the palace. That's why we're we're moving into this here farmhouse. Uh, but uh, Maury and Murphy are still sort of seen as Daniel and Kaylee, so nah, we'll figure why out Why would they that. not be living yeah. in the palace? Guess people weren't questioning why they moved in with one crew. <laughs> I don't think they have yet, but yeah, it's a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they all sit out together having a little picnic, nice little moment. Uh, they drink to absent friends and departed friends to Abby. And then Jackson is like, Abby, she's the character that I talk about all the time. Let me get <laughs> very angry because she's not here anymore. And so he smacks Murphy's drink out of his head. For the record, he looked distraught earlier too, but okay. Uh, No, I actually, as a side small, this is clearly a nitpick. The actual like knocking of the glass out of the hand, I thought was a very awkward shot. He's like holding it like a little bit too long, like almost like waiting for it to be knocked out. And then the way it's knocked out is Yeah, it, it feels like they had to, they had a few like, 
takes that didn't go well and it just like went everywhere and they had to like move the picnic blanket Mm -hmm. and swap in a new one because you know it's like purple drink and uh yeah so i just feel like they're like this is our last chance whatever it is it is richard Harmon with that purple drink you know okay uh he does have all the references to the 20th and 21st century so it's true um, so something it's interesting here is uh, how do you feel about Jackson being pissed at Murphy? I, it makes, it makes sense, I guess. I honestly feel like they just needed someone to be pissed at Murphy yeah. to have it be that, to have Murphy be like, I actually feel guilt and this is haunting me and mm. oh God, I'm so sorry. I'm yeah. going to wallow and punish myself and I'm okay with other people punishing me because I feel like I deserve it. Yeah. And it makes sense for Jackson to be the one to do it. I, I guess. I'd rather I mean, see it from him than from like Raven or Clark. Yeah, I mean my my problem is that like I just have trouble first of all, I mean Jackson's just so like barely a character, but also yeah. like I have trouble connecting the dots and being like he deserves to be blamed specifically for Abby's death. Like there is shit that Murphy did last season that he deserves to feel guilty about. And I also understand why he himself would feel guilty about Abby because he cared about Abby. Yes. But he is in no way responsible for Abby's death. So like Well, it's it's this thing of he's partially responsible and he was one of us. Mm-hmm. So he turned on us to yeah. To, and that led to it. Yeah, I just felt so, like it felt out of place for it to be Jackson, honestly. I but, felt like it made sense for his character to be the one to do it. I just unfortunately don't think the delivery was fantastic. super great. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel about the uh, missing friends piece of it all? The absent friends? I mean, it's super weird that everyone <laughs> was just like, bye, Bellamy, bye, Echo, bye, Octavia. See you someday, maybe. Yeah, like, it's weird. And Clark even makes like a weird face when they say the departed friends thing. I'm like, what is happening? It's just kind of weird that there were no follow-up questions of where they were going or why that was important. Yeah. I do wonder how long it's going to take them to be like, so where did they go? Yeah. (laughs) All that conversation happened Mm -hmm. off screen. Yeah. Very strange. Okay. Sure it did. Uh, So Clark's like, get over it, Jackson. We're focusing on the future Fixing this compound, getting our own compound built, all that shit. I'm not coping well with my emotions. Nope. What emotions, actually? (laughs) Uh, So, you know, they're walking up to Sanctum, and we got a little bit more exposition. uh, How many still believe in the Primes. There are some that don't believe. There's the children of Gabriel, uh, also known as Cogs. Yeah. Uh, Cogs and the Wheels. And they're just ruining everything, those cogs. Mm. And then, you know, there's one crew. And then there's the religious prisoners that they let out. And there's just a whole bunch of hooey going down. Uh, then Maddie goes to primary school. Where this she has learns been about Dan's favorite joke. Dan <laughs> came up with it. And he has been repeating it to me a lot. Because we don't have a lot of external stimulus <laughs> right now. <laughs> I got my external stimulus right here, baby. <laughs> That's supposed to mean, but okay. Uh, you should. Mm. All right. Meanwhile, this is a PG podcast. everyone's favorite character, James, shows up. He's a one crew warrior if I ever saw one. And he is going to tell everybody about how there is some trouble in the castle. Yeah. But he also mentioned, well, Raven mentions to She's him. Like, oh, is there a problem with the reactor? And we're now, so now we have that. 
the reactor. You know, Chekhov's gun, right? Yeah. That's and, the, uh, and, you know, if you saw the trailer, maybe he reacts to a reactor. Who's to say? Okay. That, um, that's enough Daniel-style jokes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So inside of the palace, the criminals have made themselves comfy. Our favorite new character, Nikki, has a knife to Jordan's throat mm. and hit her husband, Hack. I don't think they name him in the episode. I don't think anyone's mm. like, Hatch, mm-hmm. what are you doing? <laughs> what do you have to say? But what kind the subtitles. Of plot are you hacking, yeah. Hatch? Uh, what did I say about no more Daniel <laughs> jokes? <laughs> but the subtitles name him, and we kind of got this information from IMDb. Yep. He's Nikki's husband. She yep. seems to be the muscle. He might be the brains. We'll see. It's unclear. Yeah, uh, but they are both rough and tumble beings that want a palace, mm-hmm. and uh, basically there's this face-off where they want the palace. The Trey and the Augustus want the palace. The Cogs don't want anybody in the palace, and shit is getting real. And the Cogs want Russell to just be killed as soon as possible, mm-hmm. as we will hear many times this episode. Correct. Our people come in, they have the guns, and everybody's like, oh, snap. And so... They take the guns away from the cogs. Mm-hmm. Probably and, a smart move. Yeah. And the Allegius people, we find out, so there's only 36 of them. It's a pretty small number, i got to say. Not a not necessarily very consequential. It doesn't uh, feel that way, but when there's like 300 people left of humanity, yeah. eh, 10%. No, there's definitely more <laughs> than 300. I know, I know yeah. there are. But yeah. But it sure feels like there are. <laughs> Just that many? Yeah. Well, so they specifically woke them up to help build the new compound. We will see how much they regret that going forward. I wonder if they will regret it. (laughs) Maybe they'll be real hard workers. Yeah, we'll see. Last time they Um, worked hard, they got black lung, so. Oh, God. Uh, So they're all living in tents, and they're like, okay, yes, you remember that it's our compound too, man. So don't kick us out. Yeah, well, just treat us with respect because we're making that pond. I that mean, compound, <laughs> pound. I mean, if they had phrased it or had Clark say something like, well, your one crew is also working on clearing the space for the mm. compound, like they really made it seem like it's just the criminals clearing the space like clark said i mean i understand she had bigger fish to fry at that moment with uh, the cogs and the adjusters slash believers Mm. but but come on give us a little something more like interacting with the criminals i understand they'll be a bigger deal later i didn't love the criminal stuff uh i felt like nikki got almost nothing hack i felt like was chewing the scenery in a way that i didn't love uh but i also i understand the idea there of him being like hey we're working and we're the ones staying in tents and you're over there being leaders in your big whole, you know, farmhouse. Mm-hmm. You better, you know, no taxation without representation, man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm sure that these criminals are well versed in civics. <laughs> um, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I, I'm not ready to jump on the dislike wagon. All right. No wagon. I'll, I'll eat my words. What is up with you today? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, Jordan is staying in Sanctum, acting as kind of a go-between between the adjusters and one crew. Yeah, he's not staying in the farmhouse with them. He's living up above the tavern. Yeah, crying so, over Delilah. Yeah, let's. T- we're gonna we, we get right into this scene with Jordan and Russell because Jordan is being sent to sort of let the adjusters know that Russell's being treated okay, 
And Jordan's an interesting cookie. So I'm going to sort of read through this scene and then we can talk about Jordan. Yeah. Um, so he go, Jordan goes to Russell. Russell feels like he is responsible for his family's death. I Now he says, I need death. And I'm being treated better than I deserve. Uh, Jordan gives him Priya's drive and Russell smashes it shockingly. Russell thinks Jordan believes in the divinity of, of the primes because he realizes he was adjusted. And uh, Jordan's like, no, no, I know you're just a dude, but I did see some shit when I was being adjusted. And then they're like, ooh, the anomaly, the spirals. The greater truth of sanctum. Now it is on your hand, mm. head, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, I'm done trying to solve this mystery. Yes. Yeah, so I'm basically- Russell. I'm emo now. <laughs> so I really like Russell yeah. in this episode a lot. Uh, it was not what I expected to right? have him be this down on himself and not necessarily like, like obviously he still is pissed at Clark and, you know, it doesn't like her. Yeah. But like he's not like out for revenge, really. He still and, blames himself yeah. for letting them in and trusting them and probably also mm -hmm. deciding to turn Clark into his daughter. Yeah. Because if he hadn't done that, probably nothing else would have gone happened. Yeah. Yes, gone badly. Yeah. So I mean, so. it is, you know, it's I think he's such a great character because yes, he certainly goes to some evil lengths and he's some evil. evil places. Yeah. But uh the fact that they keep him he has uh you know his own motivations, his own heart and feelings and you can sympathize or empathize with him without mm -hmm. being like you're still a bad person but you're still like a three-dimensional believable person we saw him really loving his family yeah so it's this thing of like all right yeah he really is in pain yeah like, i believe that yeah so let's have a, a longer talk about jordan here uh, basically, we left him at the end of season six. If you don't remember, he had this weird talk with Bellamy after he had been saved from adjustment, saved, quote unquote, hmm. uh, where, you know, he was like, you know, they had peace here. He's like very pro sanctum and he, he holds on to Priya's mind drive, which is strange. And he kind of blames Bellamy for getting Priya killed. Especially when... since he hated Priya for yeah. killing Delilah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we see... Uh, Trey, I think his name is. He wasn't named in the finale, I don't think, but he was named here, yeah. Yeah, I'm his adjuster sure is looking all creepy over Jordan's shoulder. And so the question is, was there a course correction here where between the seasons they decided that, oh, you know, we're going to sort of stay in the same direction here where Jordan is still like part of the adjustment group, but he seemed a lot more sinister at the end of season six than I feel like we bring him here, especially because he doesn't even believe in the divinity of the primes. Mm -hmm. And do you believe that he actually doesn't believe in the divinity of the primes? I'm going to believe him. I'm going to take Jordan at face value when he's talking to Russell. Yeah. And having and saying to Russell, I think you're just a, a man who was went astray. Yeah. Basically. Because he has no reason to lie to the person. If he really believes he's a god, why would he lie to him? Yeah. I mean, yeah. he was pretty shocked when Russell smashed the drive yeah. the mind drive but even so like i don't know i just really really hope that the writers saw that people weren't fans of the direction this was going yeah. and were like no he's monty and harper's son he really is just here for like peace and isn't interested in more infighting yeah and he sees both sides like the people yeah. who were led astray by these false gods but mm -hmm. also 
you know, no, sees their, our people and sees their humanity. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting. I, I, you're right that why would he lie to Russell? But at the same time, like, well, maybe he isn't lying. Maybe he doesn't know. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if he was some sort of like sleeper cell in some weird way. It's mm. It still comes off strange to me that he is like, as on the side of the adjusters as he is, if he doesn't believe in the divinity of the primes, like what do they really have in common at that point then? Uh, but I guess, you know, maybe if they know that he did take the blood of sanctum and had a vision and everything that makes them, you know, think well of him. But, uh, I mean, they aren't enough to stop them. I mean, Jordan isn't enough to stop them. They need uh, Murphy to come in later. So it's not like they, like, trust him implicitly or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. Anyway, we move over to the tavern where Murphy's getting crunk, okay? And Hamori uh, is reading a book by Kaylee. Her, uh, by herself. Ah, yes. Mm. And Raven has the witty idea that they should continue to pretend that they're the primes to try to help keep the peace. And Murphy's like, nah, dog, nah. And um, what else happens? Anything? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to let you... Uh, Dig yourself deeper into this hole. Murphy yeah, is I not mean, feeling good about it. No, he's like basically taunting the believers who mm. are treating him like he's Daniel Prime. <laughs> the real Daniel Prime. Um, and yeah, so it's just he's making a mockery of their religion and the cogs are watching. And mm. yeah, everybody's it's, it's a eyes scene. are peeled. Jordan comes and is like, yeah, your God just like wants to die, man. Why would he tell them that? He's so, he really did grow up alone. <laughs> so all the believers are, you know, trying to storm in and, and get to where he's locked up. And then all the cogs are like, we want to burn him down. Uh, so then Clark and Raven and Indra are like, okay, we got to get him out of there. Bring him into the palace where we can protect him better. And uh, so things are very tense as they try to bring him out. And there's like a standoff and there's tons of people all around with different opinions. And no one wants to fire the first shot. Yep. But, you know, it's getting like it's about to get there. Yep. And Murphy steps in as Daniel and calms things down. By shouting at everyone. <laughs> I am a very calming presence, okay? <laughs> and Amori helps by saying, we are one, which is Kaylee's slogan for when they stopped oblation. And they're like, oh yes, oh yes, we are When one. they first said that, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what is going on here? Uh, we can trust one crew. We are one. <laughs> and then Trey and the Jester being like, oh, oh yes, we are one. Yes, let them pass. <laughs> of course, of course. I was, uh, even on rewatch, I forgot what happened yeah, with next, the ablation yeah. thing. And I was like, how did they make this make sense? <laughs> We are one. We yes. are one. Mm. Mm. So uh, the really, it's a really cute moment here where Murphy's turned on by how smart Amori is. And he's like, sister, I'm your sister. Yeah. <laughs> cute is one way to put it. I think it's cute. It's I, hilarious. I think, well, I think it's funny, but I also think like the way she responds, like she's like, Please like, don't please. make out with no, me. No, but she's also like pleased, but also embarrassed. Like I think it's it's I think it's really okay. Cute. All right, I yeah. see it. I see. I it. think it's a nice Mori moment. Yeah. Uh, and as a bonus, now that they are you know the primes, they get to move back in the palace and don't have to share a tiny room in a farmhouse. Huzzah! Yeah. Speaking of the farmhouse, back there, Martin, we find out Maddie was doodling past memories while she was at primary school. 
Hmm. Um, we see a bunch of stuff from the flame, and a guy is like, hmm, hmm. And they have another talk about the faith of like, why are they even still teaching stuff about the primes if they are false gods? And, you know, Gaia is someone who's had to deal with her faith and mm. being confronted with reality is like, sometimes you just have you a hard time it. letting go of your beliefs. Yeah. You know, Clark comes in and Maddie really wants Clark to sort of deal with her grief, face her grief. Yeah. And Clark is, you know... In robot mode. Yeah. She's like, I have work to do. I'll be okay. It's just I need to focus. Yeah. She's just really keeping it all in a box locked down there. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure no one can relate to that. I wonder who you're talking about. (laughs) We find out that uh, Maddie's mom, her bio mom, died in her arms. And there's this moment that's interesting because when watching the show, even on rewatch, it does sort of come off to me as though Clark doesn't know this already. Yeah. And uh, in the script, because they sent the script to screen, which we'll talk about later, uh, it, it says basically Clark realizing her mistake, which to me, as opposed to like learning something new, you know, mm-hmm. like, so like, I think it was intended to be like, oh, I just fucked up face. Mm-hmm. But in t- instead it came to me more like, oh, like, I didn't know about yeah. this. That's how I totally read it. Yeah. And, and if you need a script, yeah. To tell you that, <laughs> then that means you delivered the wrong message. Because I, yeah. from what I saw in the fandom, other people also interpret it as like, so they really never talked about how Maddie's parents who died. Maddie's parents were before yeah. all this, like, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm to be clear, I'm not like blaming Eliza or anything. No. It has to do with the take that they used and the directing that they. Yeah, gave. it was yeah. it was just a mixed bag. You know, even with even with Maddie bringing that up, Clark, you know, denies her way out of this, and Maddie's like, "Fuck this, I'm going to sleep." Yeah, and then Guy's like, "You're doing a great job." <laughs> no, not mean, Guy, Indra, was, Indra. Indra's <laughs> like, "You handled that." So well. Parenting A+. plus. I mean this genuinely. You guys, like, I have something to say about that. And Indra's like, well, I'm going to drink some soup. Yeah. And leave. Yeah. Indra and her soup. Good stuff. That's the real ship of this. Uh, Indra's yes. happy ending is opening a soup cafe. <laughs> we get the idea of, like, who is a flame keeper without the flame? You know, Gaia. Gaia actually has a parallel story here with Echo, in a way. Mm. Where it's like, who are you without, like, what you've been your whole life? How do you find out who you are? Yeah. And so. I thought of that. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So then Clark thanks Gaia for sacrificing the flame in order to protect Maddie. And that, you know, she knows how hard that would be and how important the flame was to her. And they have this sort of sweet moment. And then they look over the drawing, the drawings together uh, that Maddie was doing. And we specifically look at a photo or a drawing of Clark as Juan Heda when she knelt to Heda. Well, someone someone is a the real artist in the family. I had no idea that that's what we were supposed to be seeing. seeing. Uh, you're saying the real artist in the family was Clark? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. Just to, I'm sorry. The, four, the 14-year-old is no artist. No, I just mean that like if they hadn't said, hey, this is where Clark was kneeling. in Polis and kneeling, I'd be like, is that even freaking Clark? Like, <laughs> well, I didn't, she I didn't... has very specific makeup on her eyes there. We rewatched that but, recently, yeah. and I could not have <laughs> picked that not out. A great, not a great drawing. Yeah. But um, someone, I forget who it was on Twitter, someone pointed out, they're like, is this supposed to be Lexa reaching out through Maddie to sort of remind Clark of the blood must not have blood idea? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, or even is that, you know, even if it wasn't like purposely from Lexa, does seeing that picture remind Clark? And that's why in like a scene or two from now, she's like, I don't want my kid to grow up where it's an eye for an eye kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Obviously does not. It doesn't stick. stick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but interesting. Yeah. Uh, or it's the feeling of, oh, last time I had love taken away from me, I didn't have anything in retribution and now well maybe this time now burn baby burn yeah mm. uh yeah uh, so what do you think's going on with maddie uh do we think it's just like remnants of memory do you think that somehow like she actually still like she can't still have the flame but is it is it just is it just the memory she already had that sort of stayed there or is it uh, somehow part of it fused with her brain or something like i don't know i don't know i really i've been thinking about this yeah. and like clearly she can't talk to the commanders yeah but maybe in some like last push before shade hedda took over them mm. they were like let's impart our most important yeah, like wisdom. Yeah, core, core memories or something. Yeah, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I have <laughs> trouble. I have trouble buying that it literally is just oh, she remembered these things from before when she had dreams mm -hmm. because they wouldn't make as much of an emphasis on it. I don't think of, yeah. of Gaia watching her and seeing what happens. Like, I think something is implanted in her brain in some ways. Mm -hmm. um, and we can also talk when we get to Shadehead about whether the rest of the commanders are in there with him in a gate or something yeah <laughs> but, that's yeah. other that's the yeah. other big question i've had of like is it only shade hedda that who, got uploaded to Nar to russell yeah that was our question after the finale as well so yeah. i don't Unclear. know but if he's capable of killing the physical embodiment of russell in theory he'd be able to suppress yeah their the data transfer as well yeah I well don't know. okay we'll get to that we'll get to it <laughs> they're looking at these drawings giggling together as you do and explosion goes off and so clark and indra head off as they do yeah. and the we find out the adjusters retook uh control of russell's quarters and are sort of protecting russell one crew kind of like let it happen because they don't want bloodshed. Mm -hmm. And so they're waiting for Clark to make a decision. You know, I'm proud of one crew. Yeah. Yeah, good for them. <laughs> you go, girl. Um, Nelson arrives and issues an ultimatum. Russell dies or the Lees do, even though he knows the Lees are just pretending. Uh, he's like, yeah. you got oh, you got until second moon, motherfucker. You yeah. You better figure it out or else I don't or... know what I'm going to do because I don't have the guns. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, <laughs> they were vicious mm -hmm. i guess the cogs yeah. know how to fight yeah uh so I clark, don't know. This they is... don't feel super threatening yet but no. we'll see. yeah nelson's a nice boy though mm -hmm. he grabs her boy jordan he vouches for her she drops off her guns with the people and she oh know... yeah hey you were gonna search me so here's my weapon i'm giving it to him Eh, eh, let me in to see the big guy right <laughs> uh russell's still chained up and he's looking through a photo album he says, you know, how do you go on after losing everything? And she says, you take a breath, then another, that's it. Get over it, motherfucker. Yeah, not uh, quite word <laughs> for word. It's still basic cable at the end of the day. But, I mean, she says it very bitterly. Mm. But, like. It's still an empowering statement. It's still a good. I really yeah. like that line because at the end of the day, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, what do you do? You just have to keep going and you yeah. live with it. Yeah. She's. 
there should be more. Like, you should also deal with it. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. It's um, a good thought. Yeah. Uh, so then, but Russell knows how to, you know, twist the knife, as they say. And he takes out uh, Abby's clothes to give to Clark, clearly wanting to provoke her into killing him. He wants to die. Yeah, he He's... wants death. He said it. Yeah. Um, and uh, What a twist. That I'm still not over that, by the way. Of yeah. like, we saw that in the trailer and we're like, ooh, what does this mean? I need He's... death. He, he, no, he, yeah, needs he needs his own death. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so Clark sees uh, the wedding ring that belonged to her dad and that Abby used to wear around her neck. And uh, that pushes her over the edge and she starts kicking some heads. And Just Russell, one head. <laughs> <laughs> she beats on our boy Russell and uh, pulls out her secret gun mm-hmm. uh, as, you know, she knocks him into the fire and the fire starts flaming and, <laughs> and shit's getting real. The oil okay? spreads yeah. and I really, I like the choreography yeah, of this. It's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And I, I think uh, Eliza did a really good job. So good. Yeah. This like last part with her yeah. was just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, like you really feel, it, it's great that when you get an actual uh, arc within a single episode, right? Mm-hmm. When you feel her stoicism and holding it and holding it and then it like explodes and we actually see the explosion and yeah. it makes sense and it's great. Yeah. Um, and uh, so she, she knocks Russell out instead of killing him. And then we see her sort of clutching at Abby's clothes saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And uh, someone sent us a tweet that was really great that shows that scene paralleled with when she sees her dad die. Mm-hmm. And it's very similar. She's saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And that time she's clutching onto Abby. Yeah. And now she's clutching on Abby's clothes. Yeah. And uh, she blames herself for both her parents <gasps> dying. God, and- it's mm-hmm. poor traumatized <laughs> person. Yeah. Yeah, the pain of this was mm. just... Really well done. Uh, but meanwhile, Russell, he got knocked out, which awakens his mind space, subconscious, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Like when Josephine went to sleep finally and yeah. Clark woke up. And it's the real the real Russell Prime. Mm-hmm. And the real Shade Hedda. Yeah. And uh, Shady, he goes and he kills Russell Prime and takes over his body. And uh, let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so... First of all, 100%, we think Russell is dead, dead. Yeah. Yeah, because people talked about, like, obviously, like, why when uh, why when Shedheda kills him, does he not just get backed up the same way when Clark would kill Josephine? She doesn't, she just pops back up again. Mm-hmm. Um, the only explanation I can give there, uh, other than maybe he does pop back up, but I don't think he will, yeah. um, is that it's not the same thing. Because I think Shadeheda is more like a virus mm-hmm. and that he's like overtaking and deleting his code as opposed to Clark, who was more, yeah, you know. I, yeah, I saw it. Again, this is all like sci-fi mumbo jumbo. Yeah, obviously. But it really was like, to me, what... Uh, Josephine, even the setting they're in mm-hmm. is different. Like it's Shadehead is now in control of the surroundings of the mind drive. Mm-hmm. Like Josephine technically woke up in her space and yeah. then opened the door and walked into Clark's yeah. neural mesh space. Yeah. Whereas Russell wakes up not in his own like Mind space, mind space yeah. and is in Shade Hedda's instead. Yeah. So I really, I agree with you that it's really like Shade Hedda has overwritten yeah. everything yeah. else and has, 
yeah. implemented his own code. Yeah, and I think they don't think there's any Russell left. I think yeah. he's yeah. So whether whether you know, like we said earlier, whether the other whether the entirety of the flame is now in Russell's mind drive or mm-hmm. not, it's unclear. Uh, but at, all we know is that Shade Hedda is in control, and now he has a good actor playing him, and that's Honestly, exciting. like, <laughs> yeah, I know many of us are not excited that Shade Hedda is a thing. At all, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, like... If he's gonna be, this is the way to If he's gonna be a it. thing, this guy's really good. Yeah. J.R. Bourne is, like, phenomenal, and I trust him to deliver a great performance. Yeah. And hopefully not speak in a creepy sith hood yeah. <laughs> anymore yeah i mean the thing that's interesting i mean i don't think we've seen the end of the creepy sith hood to be honest i, I think we will sure. see inside his head or whatever yeah but like it's interesting because I, I i like the twist here like we, we all i mean everybody talked after the finale about like oh you know shade head is gonna be in there with him or like shade head and him are gonna work together like because yeah. they have that scene where they sort of talk it out and then we don't know what happens mm-hmm. and uh, so like there was a lot of people obviously assuming something like this was going to go down. I still feel like the way it happened where Russell didn't even know that he was there mm-hmm. and that he was immediately killed uh, yeah. and was completely taken over. That was still surprising and exciting to me. Yes. Um, and I think that on the plus side, Shade Hedda was smart here. He, yeah. He, you know, is actually, you know, playing Russell, but he's also like convincing Clark to you know, not leave him in the fire and he uses Maddie as a way of poking at her buttons and things like that. Yeah, like, would Maddie want this? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's exactly it. Like part of the problem with Shadehead was stupid when he was yeah. <laughs> when he, he was, was stupid and he was Maddie's just like a monster. Strings. He was yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was just like, Yes, kill everyone, mm-hmm. kill her, don't just yeah. banish her. Yes, tell them this. Oh, be mm-hmm. an evil little girl. Yeah. And now that he's like in an evil full grown <laughs> man, he's he's actually manipulating people well. Yeah. Yeah. He remembers to take the photo album with him when he's pulled out of the yeah. out of the fire. Because that's what Russell would have done. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the thing that's interesting, even though, yeah, I like it in this episode, and I'm excited to see J.R. Bourne play this character. J.R. Bourne is a season regular, mm-hmm. which means we're going to get a lot of Jade Hedda probably for most, most of, of the, the season. season. Yeah. So that's still worrying. It is worrying, but at the same time, if we're also splitting our timelines and there are going to be just like straight up episodes where we're not like following every plot a lot, mm-hmm. then maybe it won't be as big of a yeah, deal. I'm just... Or maybe he got a really good they, contract. Yeah, they have to. Fi- <laughs> they have to find a way to to give Shithead a more complexity or, or some greater connection to other things going on. If they're gonna make me in any way care about this, if they're smart, I actually think that he should. He and the criminals mm-hmm. should like do something together. Yeah. Maybe if you're smart isn't a real thing because I'm not necessarily a smart writer when it comes to this show. I just mean like it might be nice to have some more alliances and things like that because yeah. if we just keep having too many multi-faction like, things. I, I feel different than that, honestly. Okay. I think the fact that there is so many different factions, each with their own point of view, is what keeps this feeling fresh. Mm. I don't want it to become an us versus them sort of deal. And I also don't even really like... I, 
it, it being multiple factions is is fresh for right now because it's like the beginning of the season. Right. I still don't want that to be the. I don't want factions fighting factions to be the majority of the season. I want the season to be about the anomaly and the specific anomaly faction because at least they're like a mystery. New. Right. Yeah. You know, like, well, uh, Dan, I don't think you're gonna get your wish. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> that we will. Yeah. Um, so Clark is a badass, you know, she burns that motherfucking palace down, sort of. Maybe. <laughs> um, and, you know, she, you know, it's all on fire and Clark is not about saving that castle. She brings out Russell and she says, there are no kings or queens or primes here except for Daniel and Kaylee. Uh, we have no use for, for a palace. We're the last of the human race and we have all made mistakes. Tomorrow, Russell Prime dies for his. and then she has a Daenerys when she was good moment and she's badass in the flame and she's in slow-mo and she looks like a Sith Lord yeah good stuff she struts down steps holding her gun yeah for the record I am pro gun control (laughs) but But. Clark has to be the one controlling the guns (laughs) pew 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 meanwhile two can play at this game meanwhile At the Anomaly Crew plotline. Oh, yeah. We haven't even discussed them yet. Yes. <laughs> the good old Anomaly Crew. Yeah. All right. We've I been wa- calling them Bellamy Crew, even though they are technically minus a Bellamy. <laughs> but they're all there for Bellamy. Mm. So are they Bellamy Crew or Anomaly Crew? Who's to say? Mm. Um, so Bellamy is crying like he does. <laughs> oh, Octavio. And uh, it's a direct continuation of how he left him. And then he gets hit off his haunches and gets dragged by an invisible force, which I did not see coming. That was weird. No one saw it coming because it's invisible. But um, then Echo is hit as well. And it's interesting. So... They don't look like they're just getting punched by people. No, because they're like flying all willy-nilly yeah, <laughs> into and the so air. Yeah, so I don't really know exactly what these invisible people Unless are doing. Unless these suits have like wiring in them where they like... Are they like Iron Man suits where maybe. they're punching them really hard or something? Yeah, like it's just like extra propulsion force yeah. that they draw from time. <laughs> from time. <laughs> Anomaly rays activate. But that's the thing is like we see the little beam, the ray guns later, yeah, but they're not using them here, I don't no. think. So that's interesting. Because they're not trying to kill them. Yeah. They're just trying to knock them off balance. Yeah. So that's kind of, it's, it's just interesting how the, how like the Anomaly wire, tech. the wire work. Yeah. With that. Yeah. Um, so Echo is, you know, she's trying to save him, but she's getting knocked off balance. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting, for sure. Meanwhile, Hope is awakening as Gabriel's inspecting her markings, if you know what I mean. Uh, she has no memory of Octavia or Dioza. And he's like, oh, what is going on? Time is misbehaving again. And she's like, well, I'm going to throat punch you, okay? And, he's <laughs> she, like, and then Damn. she's like surprised at herself. Like, I can throat punch people? <laughs> <laughs> like, she doesn't know her own strength. Yeah. She's really thrown off. Yeah. Some time passes. Hope's running away. And she pulls out of her arm her in trusty a, message in a bottle. In a really 
freaking gross scene. <laughs> like, my arm's bloody and it hurts. Oh, what's this? A tube with the message yeah. inside. Let me ca- pull it out of my own flesh <laughs> and bite into it with my teeth. It reminded me of the scene in season two where Anya finds out she has a, a, like a oh, homing yeah. device. Oh, my God. Or, she just bites it out of her arm. Yeah, a tracker. Yeah. I, that's what I thought it was going to be, was that someone was track- tracking her. That- um, but, yeah, interesting. So, instead, it's a little thing that says, trust Bellamy. Uh, and it also has the anomaly symbol spiral note stuff on it. Yeah. And so she's like, oh, Bellamy, I heard him. And um, so she's, you know, heading back. And Gabriel and Echo are trying to chase after Bellamy. And a wild hope appears. Yeah, she's and, pretty wild. And she's wild. She's a wild child. And she takes down Echo because she was brought up by Dioza and Octavia, motherfucker. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> Two badass bitches. <laughs> All right, so, you know, we get up sort of back and forth here where it's like, well, how do you, you knew Octavia before, why don't you know her now, blah, blah, blah. And Gabriel's like, hey, hey, that was when the anomaly was over us and now it went away. And And Octavia was confused after she got out of the anomaly too. She had Mm -hmm. no memory of what happened in there. Uh, uh, It tracks, I'm the anomaly encyclopedia. Yeah, Uh, so let's talk about a little bit these three here. I, I do enjoy sort of geeky Gabriel in this episode. He's adorable. Sure. <laughs> um, Echo, I think, has good stuff by the end of it. I, I don't think that that Tasia or uh, Shelby had their best performances ever here, but it wasn't terrible. It was fine. It was exposition-y. Uh, they yeah. just had to be like, we're standing off. I'm yeah. angry. You're angry. He's happy. (laughs) And and just for people, I mean, I'm not going to go over this too much because I already talked about it on the reaction video. Mm -hmm. But for people who might not have seen the reaction video, I am hopeful that they quickly get past the amnesia thing because I will not be able to connect with Hope very easily if she's having amnesia. I hate that trope of like the character who doesn't know anything about themselves. They went back into the anomaly, so I'm hoping... Yeah, eh, maybe hoping. Ah, uh, what? 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 Um, that that, that means that she'll yeah. get stuff back. Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of toxin in the air, so Gabriel, Gabriel uses his antitoxin, but they don't have time for everybody else to use the antitoxin because they get shot with ray guns mm. by Invisicrew. That's their name for him. Yeah. Uh, so the Invisicrew ray guns are shooting, but they realize that they're not really shooting a kill here. So that's interesting. Um, and he, and Gabriel's- Maybe, here's the thing that I don't understand. Like, why aren't these like stun guns or something? That would make sense. Like, why sense. don't they have stun guns? Then they would be trying to shoot them. Yeah. And then stun them so they could catch up to them. Ray guns are, <sighs> there is no set to stun. There is only kill. Oh, God. Yes. But there is. There is a set <laughs> ray guns to stun. What uh, am I quoting? Is it Star Trek? It's Star Trek. Yes. Um. Yeah. So, card revoked. But it's also not ray guns. It's phasers. Thank you. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Man. Yeah, yeah. Definitely revoked. Yeah. Um, so uh, this scene is interesting. I feel like we had to watch it with subtitles and also watch it a couple times. I don't feel like they used very good wording here where Gabriel's like the particulate is moving and the blah, blah, blah. And 
Like, yeah. It's just, it's... Look at how movement distorts the particulate yeah. and matter. <laughs> I am the scientist. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, and I feel like Echo says some strange things. The, the thing that matters is they realize that even though the people are invisible, the toxin and ash or particulate, whatever you want to fucking call it, <laughs> it, you can see that moving around as they move through it. Mm-hmm. So that can be a way for them to set a trap. Echo's going to set a trap and she's going to shoot them when they go close enough that they can see the particulates. Everyone's favorite. At the end of the day, I'm like, what is the purpose of the Invisi crew? Like, where are they leading them? Mm. Like, where are they trying to corner them? Well, are they? I don't think the Invisi crew is chasing them. I think they're leaving with Bellamy. I think they were, and then they were doubling back when they realized that they were being followed. I don't know. But were they being followed? They, our group was like, oh, we're near the particulate, and then the phasers came from behind them. I know. I thought it came from in front of them. Seems to. Uh, whatever. Whatever. The point <laughs> is that considering later we find out they were supposed to be captured, it seems like they were supposed to take more than just Bellamy. Yeah, so... that's a good point. Why did they just leave with Bellamy? Why didn't they also take the rest of them? Exactly. Unless they couldn't carry more than one, they can push yeah. them into the air and kick them all through the trees. Yeah, that's a really but... good point. Why wouldn't they have taken, taken all of them and killed Hope all I at the I genuinely stump? don't know. Yeah, that's kind of dumb. I'm confused. Uh, but then we wouldn't get this fun moment. That's true. So, oh, so fun. <laughs> as they wait, Echo sees Rowan and original Echo. Yeah, Ash yeah. sees them. Yes. Yeah. So, and, you know, they say some fun stuff like, without Bellamy, who will you follow? Without someone to follow, who are you? You claim mm-hmm. to love this motherfucker and, you know, you don't even know who you are. And uh, it's... Yeah, you s- took a dead girl's identity for shits and giggles and definitely not for survival. <laughs> okay. So, it's interesting, obviously, setting up... Uh, you know, her becoming her own person, hopefully. Which is a big criticism of of the Echo's character, character in yep. 5 and 6 of like, well, you made her Bellamy's girlfriend, but... You know, who is she? Now what? Yeah. And, and potentially, ash. you know, potentially, this is a little bit love boaty, but I'm just going to jump Let's into it. Let's do it. Uh, that, you know, it could be setting up uh, a reason for them to sort of break up that she had been sort of... Use like not using him, but he like she needed him for this thing for her as a crutch for her, and that isn't necessarily the foundation for a positive relationship. Codependent. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Um, or not codependence, because I don't think he was super dependent yeah, on her. Certainly not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see where that goes. Uh, but mm-hmm. basically, she's struggling with that. Meanwhile, Hope sees Octavia and like a bit of a flashback of. Octavia calling herself Auntie O and Dioza and her sort of protecting Hope from something. Yeah, the whole like, you have to stay quiet no matter what you hear. Mm -hmm. I promise you, Mommy and Auntie O will come back for you. So wherever the anomaly took them, wherever Hope grew up, Mm. some kind of invaders came and Dioza and Octavia had to fight them off. Seems very likely this is stuff we saw in the trailer of baby, you know, young Hope looking out of a little window or whatever. Yeah, or Heidi Hole. Heidi Hole. Yeah, and she, and she, like, that's the thing. I think she's pretty decent actress here where she's just like, no, like, Mm. she's like sobbing as like the ghost of her memory flashes away. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, And, and Gabriel's trying to babysit two high people. (laughs) (laughs) And Echo overcomes her, you know, Issues. Her emotions? And, and what? Her emotions. Does she have them though? That's the question. She I don't takes know. she takes down Visicrew 
And uh, we see inside one of their helmets, and we see that they have the symbols on their cheeks. It seems to be an older person. Mm-hmm. So. And uh, then we see little, you know, they have little HUD on their masks or whatever. So we see that it says Bellamy Blake, status captured. Uh, Gabriel and Echo are both uh, listed as rendition to bar- Bardo. Bardo. Uh, rendition to Bardo. Which is more sci-fi speak and yes. a new location yeah, from so the title sequence. Seems to be, yeah, every, they're probably taking Bellamy to Bardo and they were supposed to take Echo and Gabriel, but failed on that one. Yeah. And yeah, they we were see supposed their to... honeycomb helmets. Yeah. So I've been calling honeycomb. them. Honeycomb. Yeah. And uh, Hope uh, is supposed to be killed on sight. Yes. Motherfucker. Flashes in big old red letters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they find out, like, after they take out those people, they hear the anomaly, anomaly, <laughs> an- anomaly is getting quieter. And uh, they were like, oh, shit, they might be capable of controlling this thing. So they chase after and they're like, oh, we got to hold hands. Like, like, uh, like we're going across the street, guys. <sighs> and uh, because uh, if you don't go in together, they might be separated by a few months or whatever. Yeah. And, which is cute or whatever. But then it's really funny because then they very slowly It's so enter. stupid. It's so stupid. They're like, it's closing. Follow me. And then Gabriel's like, no, we go together. Slow walk into the anomaly. It's <laughs> oh, yeah. like, no. It just, Go it's full funny. force. Just hold freaking hands. Yeah, it's just funny because of the fact that it's like, oh, a few seconds different could be months. And it's like, okay, so let's take as long as possible so that there's enough time between us and Bellamy. <laughs> so that he can have his own storyline where we're not there. It was just freaking. a very, it was awkwardly edited, honestly. They should have just cut it so that it looked like they went faster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just a small, it's a nitpick, yeah. but it's just like, you set this up for us, guys, by literally saying something like, every second is months. <laughs> Five, four, three. Like, come Ready on. you're not, here we come. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. good times. Yeah. All right, so we're going to get into feedback now. Yeah. Uh, but first, if you want to be part of feedback in the future... There's a myriad of ways that you can do that. A myriad? Yeah. You can go to the100podcast.com, and there's a little contact us form there. There's also all the episodes and the videos and all the ways to link and all that stuff. And you can go to at the100podcast on the Twitter. That is our Twitter. (laughs) You can also go and email us at the100pod at gmail.com. And you can leave comments on our YouTube videos, youtube.com slash doing okay. You can do anything else. Is there anything else? Uh, rate us or review us on iTunes or Stitcher. Those are cool things. That would help a whole bunch because then other people will discover us. Yeah. We like and being join discovered. in the fun. Yes. Yes. Like a new planet. <laughs> Much like Bardo. Uh, so, uh, and the last thing I want to mention is that we are in partnership with TV Time, they are an app that you should get on your little device. Uh, I have TV time, and they're a good time. Uh, basically, it helps you keep track of what shows you've watched, what shows you want to watch, when they're coming out, what channel or streaming platform they're on. It's really helpful during this time where sometimes you're just like, I'm not in the mood for something. What was I Yeah, what did I? On? What did I say I wanted to watch and then didn't watch for five years? <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> that hits a little too close to home. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's a cool time. So I give them a check out. Also, they have podcasts and stuff. So we're there. Like us. We're their 100 podcasts. Ta-da. Yeah. <laughs> All, All right, right, Olga. 
Let's get into this kick feedback. Me, kick me with some of that feedback. Is that a saying? I don't know. <laughs> I'm loopy today. Yeah, we both are. Just a couple of notes to start off. Uh, any hiatus-related emails like about the villains and past seasons, we're going to hold those for our seasons five and six rewatch podcast. Yeah, because what happened here is we ran out of time, <laughs> so we jumped ahead to Whoops. season... <laughs> We jumped ahead to season six so that we'd remember everything for season six when we were doing season seven. Uh, now we have to go backwards and do season five. Once we've we watched five, we're going to do a five and six podcast that will go out when there's a break in airing season seven. Mm-hmm. I, we don't know when that is, but at some point they're probably... Like, they're going to take a week off. If history tells us anything, they're going to take a week off. Probably for like July 4th or I something. I was just going to say, yeah. 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 And um, just another note for people who sent us uh, feedback. Um, we edited some of them for repetition. You know, some of the stuff we got to our, ourselves yeah. uh, in, in the breakdown of the episode. And just as another, you know, bit of feedback to your feedback, <laughs> um, we are really looking for stuff that includes questions that can lead to further discussion or theories or, you know, opinions that you think really are, like, not super popular. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, basically, we want to get different points of view and stuff like that. We're, we're really grateful for any feedback that people send us. And, and we, we're reading it. Yeah, like, we, we read, read everything. We read everything, but just for the sake of the podcast and making sure that we're not, like, saying six times that people like Clark's ending scene or something, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we're yeah. just trying to make sure that we get specific kinds of feedback. Right. Yeah. Okay, so with that in mind, let's jump into it. Thanks, Philip DeFranco. <laughs> um, all right, so the first thing is from Couch Crew via the100podcast.com. Mm-hmm, my favorite crew. Yes. Uh, is there really an explanation as to how Shadehead even got onto Russell's mind drive? If he could jump to another mind drive slash flame, why didn't he do that after realizing Maddie wouldn't succumb to his threats or direction? Also, why did he choose Russell instead of Murphy or Amori, the only other two people with mind drives? They may have been harder to manipulate, but if Shade Hedda can kill the person whose mind he's in, does it really matter who he chose? And controlling Murphy slash Amori maybe is easier to infiltrate the group. All right, this is an interesting question. My assumption here is that he can only do this when he was connected to a computer system uh, so, like, what he only was able to, to transfer himself when he was in the Allegis ship system and wirelessly was able to move his data into another location. The thing that doesn't make a ton of sense mm-hmm. is that he also was connected to the computer system in Sanctum. So, in theory, that would have worked, too. Well, <laughs> Raven got closer, I guess, to deleting him on the yeah. ship, and maybe that opened up. A portal for him that I mean, was a little bit It's all sci-fi mumbo-jumbo, but, yeah. like, I mean, if you want to be nice to them, I think what it we'd say is that the, the power of the computer system in Allegis and the way that its wireless technology worked is more advanced and that that was how he, you know, figured. And maybe until that point, he didn't figure out how to transfer himself somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, and at that point, when they were on the ship, only Russell's was available. Yeah. So... And Murphy and Amori were all the way back down yeah. on the moon. The the thing that I think is important is I don't think he can do it again. I don't think we're going to see him jumping into another mind drive unless someone takes Russell's mind drive out and mm-hmm. connects it to a computer. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that makes a lot. 
I'm hoping for that. Yeah. I don't really want to see like I'm a virus that jumps from yeah. one thing through the air to another. <laughs> I like, don't think so. Shadehead is ridiculous enough. I don't yeah. really need him to be like a magic virus. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we'll see. <laughs> All right. Our next Shadehead is the coronavirus. <laughs> oh God. All right. Next piece of feedback is from Stephanie by the hundred pod at Gmail. Hi, Dan and Olga. I really like the house and the scene on the grass. It was a cute way to open the season. It was cool to see Maddie and Nyla in different clothes, and I'm glad that Indra will likely have much more to do this season after Ooh. her very minor role in season six. Mm-hmm. It was also nice to get more of Guy's reaction to the destruction of the flame. Yeah. A lot of people wrote in saying they loved the opening picnic scene. I think it's great. Somebody also mentioned they liked it, how it reminded them of season three. That was me. That uh, was you. Okay. <laughs> I wrote into our own email. Yeah, I was. I, that was when we talked and I had said that it reminds me of like the rover scene in season three where they're all like singing along to music mm-hmm. and having a good time because we don't have a lot of these just like uplifting moments yeah. and they're always tinged with a little bit of darkness but mm-hmm. that's okay yeah yeah having three competent co- competing factions is a cool twist and i'm interested to see how long one crew can keep the peace it seems like more violence is inevitable especially with the allegious prisoners now at sanctum i guess there's more than two children of gabriel after all maybe there's nine who's to say <laughs> ten if we're lucky <laughs> As for Jordan Green, I was extremely worried about him after the season six finale, and I still worry that he's still under the influence of the adjusters. However, he seems to be in a better place than he was, and he is not completely isolated from one crew. I hope that one crew can slowly bring him back to their side and that I'll like where he ends up at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's going to end the season on a, in a negative note. Uh, yeah. I am pretty positive that he's going to be one of the sources of hope. Along with hope. <laughs> and probably Maddie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the that's the thing. It's like you have this second generation, or I guess third generation, because mm. we did have the adults, adults yeah. um, that are just like living their life completely, completely differently. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it would, even if he has a personal journey of like, I was a spy the whole time. I, which uh, I, I don't, I don't we know. don't know. We don't know yet, but I'm saying if that even happens, I think that they yeah. will undo that damage by yeah. the end. I mean, at right now, if I was to predict something, I would say that he's not going to end up being a mole or, or a sleeper agent or anything like that. I feel like they course corrected. Yeah. 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 And also, if you watched our trailer breakdown, we have like theories about where he goes physically yeah. as well. So. Yeah. All right. Next is from Emily via YouTube. Mm-hmm. So many thoughts. I didn't love the Sanctum storyline so far. Too many new faces and factions for me to get invested in for one season. I was bored of the politics by the end of Indra's exposition monologue. (laughs) And Clark wasn't being Clark until the last 10 minutes because she was trying to hold it all together. I'm afraid one reason Gaia might be becoming so close with Maddie and Clark is so that Maddie will still have someone if Clark dies. I could definitely see this show having Clark sacrifices herself ending, and I don't think that's what I want. On the flip side, I'm super intrigued by the anomaly storyline. Why don't we stop before you get in there? There's a lot to unpack already. Yes. Uh, I mean, personally, as long as it doesn't, like, take up too much of the season, I do like the competing faction thing. Yeah. But on the flip side, I understand, like, if they killed Trey Nelson and Hack, I wouldn't bat an eyelash. So, like, I understand. I mean, Nelson has a good beard. (laughs) Dan is a fan of his fellow bearded <laughs> bros. Uh, no, I mean, I'm with you. It's, it's kind of like, 
the redux of faction versus faction, yeah. person versus person, raw mm-hmm. selfishness, like yeah. resources, like all of this yeah. stuff. Like we've we've seen it yeah. a lot. Yeah. But and hopefully that isn't the main part of the show. Yeah. Um, but as for the Clark like self-sacrificing thing. Yeah. She does that all the time. <laughs> and I really hope it's not just, again, speaking of reduxes, yeah. like I hope it's not just her sacrifice again. Uh, if I was going to put money down at this point, I don't think Clark is going to die. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, especially when we rewatched, um, what was it Nevermore? Or the one where the mind space is. Yeah. Uh, in season six. Yeah. Uh, it was it was so clear that that like w- was her being like, I'm going to sacrifice myself for my people. Because they would be better off. Without me. And then I can finally get some peace. And, and, it's like, and I, w- I don't want to start a war over my consciousness. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like no. that would, if she ended that like and that was so clearly shown as to like not be the correct path for her. Yeah. That if she then did that, it doesn't make sense yeah Uh, and i don't think that i think they realize that i really i think so too um more thoughts on season six will be in that review podcast but if there's a sacrifice i really do think it's going to be like a vastly large scale one Mm -hmm. and that's a big if what do you mean by vastly large? i am still not fully over the potential theory of a complete reset like timeline reset. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's less likely given there's a prequel yeah. in the works, yeah. but I'm just saying I'm not like fully discounting that theory. I think it honestly to me is a lot more likely that Bellamy goes than Clark at this point. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, and I don't think agree. they do both. That would yeah. be a bad move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. much of this, I mean, our big thing of like in our predictions podcast slash how will this end mm-hmm. um, was what does happiness look like for Clark? Mm-hmm. And I still don't really know what that is. Maybe yeah. it is just a farmhouse with her, her new family. Yeah. You know, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. All right. So on the flip side, I am super intrigued by the anomaly storyline. My investment in those three characters went up about 300%. Hope was a lot more interesting than I expected her to be. Her vision of Octavia definitely made me emotional. Speaking of, I would like my Blakes back. Mm-hmm. Now. Wait for next episode, at least for one of them. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a thing that has to happen again. The Blakes resolving yeah. their... I mean, they technically are resolved, but the question is, are they going to end both alive and together? <laughs> Jury's out on yeah. that, Dan. All right. Um, from Vinicius via YouTube. Is Riker the only dormant prime? I assume all the other primes are now deceased. Could Riker have any role in this season? Is he forgotten? When Jordan showed his red blood to Russell, the theory of him being the resurrected Riker was totally destroyed. Somehow I had missed that theory. That was yeah, a cool theory. Yeah, I hadn't seen that. Uh, it, it is, except for the fact of like, well, where would they have gotten the bone marrow to make yeah. Jordan a prime? And also to make him into innate blood off screen would be like... If they, did, if they did as a twist, though, specifically, it could have been kind of cool. But as far as, yeah, I think Jordan, I mean, uh, Riker is the only prime that we know of that could still be around. Because last time we saw him, Priya had him in her his, her pocket, basically. Yeah. And then she was stabbed. Yeah. A load of times. So, I mean, he could be floating around there. 
I don't think we're going to see Riker Riker again. We might see his mind drive. I could see someone utilizing his mind drive for something. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, if we want to connect it, like somehow transferring to another computer yeah. or maybe them isolating Raven trying to figure out how to isolate Shade Hedda away from the other commanders. Yeah. If they came with him, I could see them using yeah. the next mind drive. I just, I, I don't think Riker was enough of a character for it to make sense for him to show up in somebody else's body, honestly. Yeah. I, His whole thing was, I'm conflicted about the primes. Yeah. Well, your gods are dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So our next segment is... The Love Boat. All aboard, <laughs> unless you don't like shipping, in which case, see you next week. <laughs> yep, ship off. <laughs> All right, what do we got in the shipping zone? Yeah, so we got a from script to screen of Gaia and Clark's dinner talk post uh, Maddie's I'm going to sleep and Indra getting some soup. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, so I thought there was an email leading into that. Though. There is. Okay. From Olivia via the contact us at thehundredpodcast.com. A short comment on Wednesday's episode. What were your feelings on Guy and Clark's scenes? I've heard some speculation of shipping. I'm not sure how I feel, but it's not negative. Although it would be sad to waste the years I've spent pining over Bellark. Just curious. So All with right. that in mind, the script of that yeah, so scene. it's caused some kerfuffles because <laughs> the script is a lot more lovey-dovey sounding than the scene played Itself, out. Yeah. yeah. And again, we've we've seen these from script to screens that have shipping overtones that never go anywhere. Like the one yeah. that you always bring up is Raven kissing Murphy on the cheek. Yeah, there was a scene in season five where the script had her like kiss him on the cheek and then it like, he like paused and thought about it basically, yeah. which clearly, I mean, he had just broken up with Amori. Mm -hmm. So it's like, clearly they had like at least considered that idea and changed yeah. their mind. Uh, and so this, okay could, with that. this could be another example of them uh, having considered an option, then, you know, on another draft, they changed it or when they were or filming. when they saw the performances and yeah. were just like, we're not going to go in this direction yeah. anymore. Yeah. Although, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about how we I will. feel about the actual scene. Let's talk about the script. Right. Yeah. So some of the like highlights without actually reading the whole script, right, is uh, basically they have the girls, you know, laughing together more. They smile at each other more. Uh, it really talks in the screen direction about how Gaia like is really touched by what Clark says. It says that their bond is becoming more personal. Um, Indra comes in while they're sort of looking at each other and she senses something going on before moving on from it. And, you know, also when Clark leaves with Indra, um, they have Gaia sort of like taking a deep breath or whatever. Like, what are the wording exactly there? The wording is, as Gaia stands there trying to catch her breath. Yeah, that certainly sounds... Catching, oh, I'm catching my breath from all the lust and yeah. love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's usually, yeah. that's a very fanfic line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely felt like a lot of the writing here was a little uh, on the nose. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, do we want to talk about how we feel about this or do we want to get into Let's this? talk about how we feel first. Yeah. I mean, so it's interesting because a lot of people left the scene 
not seeing anything in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they read the script and they were like, oh boy. We actually picked r- up felt on it some of this from the episode itself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you look at our first reactions, I was definitely surprised at how, I mean, because here's the thing even if you take out the like screen direction, it's still a choice to have Clark. Like take time. Like they clearly are building their bond in this scene at which, minimum. Yes. Yeah. Which I'm okay. Like I'm happy for building a bond. Yeah. But, but how do I feel about a relationship? It. I don't think I've fully decided. Mm-hmm. Um. In terms of, like, in terms of well, this is so fast. They were building so much to Bell Arc. You know, we've made no secret of the fact that we do think that they were building. It felt very building towards Bell Arc. Like yeah. while we were Quexa shippers, we felt like Bell Arc made sense yeah. to take place. Yeah. But at the same time, like Quexa also happened very quickly. Yeah. So it only took like four episodes for me to fall in love with them. Exactly. And, uh, I mean, but on the flip side, yes, when you have something else that has been built up over an extended period of time, you. So, so here's. I, I mean, I'm very conflicted because artistically, I and like creatively, and it's the smart move is to go with Bellamy and Clark. Mm-hmm. That is what you set up. You should pay off what you set up. You should. I mean, not even beyond artistically, it's like you, your fans deserve that payoff. Right. Even if some of the fans obviously prefer Alexa and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I think that that is what they should do. On a personal level, I I felt their chemistry personally, yeah. and I like them. I, you know, I like ships that are unlikely to happen <laughs> if you look at things like Raven and Luna. Yeah. And it's like, so I... I personally do ship Gaia and Clark while acknowledging that they probably shouldn't happen and honestly probably won't happen. Yeah. Because especially if you look at the trailer and you see the scene of the group on Nakara, mm-hmm. it doesn't look like Gaia's there. Yeah. And so if Clark is going to be off in the anomaly land, uh, it makes sense that they're building this up so that Gaia stays with Maddie and she feels comfortable that Gaia's with Maddie. That's the thing. I'm more like... I'm I'm more in the boat of while I wouldn't be fully again, I'm not against them being a couple. Yeah. And while I do agree that it felt like they were building to Bell Arc. Yeah. Even if they aren't going to yeah. go through with that, that at the same time, they are fully setting up Gaia caring for Maddie mm. and not wanting Maddie to be on the anomaly adventures means yeah. that there can still be and making Gaia more of a character yeah. means that we can have more scenes of Gaia and Indra and Maddie and still be like invested in that connected to it because I wasn't as connected in that in season six. Yeah. So now by having Clark be like in more support of Gaia and Gaia having more emotional stuff and her just like being a bigger character, even if it is in the 11th hour, it makes all those scenes feel worth the screen time. So I I think that... Yeah, and the, and the other thing that people have brought up is maybe they're just building her up a little bit because Shadehead is going to kill another so flame keeper. So uh, let's yeah. get into the actual feedback a bit. Yeah. We might have jumped yeah. the gun on it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. uh, from Frankie via the100pod at gmail.com. I found 701 to be a rather strong opening to the season, though I, of course, am still left with many questions. Mm. 
beyond the greater plot points involving the anomaly and Sanctum and Shadehead, there was one dynamic between characters that I found particularly capturing. Ooh, ooh. And it was something that I didn't know I needed. But you did. <laughs> <laughs> one of the best scenes in the first episode, in my opinion, involved Indra, Clark, and Gaia in the house. It was a dynamic I didn't expect to see and care for so much. Though I don't think that Guy and Clark will end up linked romantically, I still think Lexa will somehow show up in the finale for the endgame. I really do enjoy their slowly evolving friendship. I think Guy needs a friend, who also happens to be a mother, to look out for her on a more personal level. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. yeah, again, not everyone's reading this romantically. Uh, As for the Lexa showing up, well, they did... Straight up in this scene, bring up like, oh, yes, when one Hedda knelt to yeah. Hedda. There's like, someone who specifically talks more about Lexa. Okay. I think we should wait Let's for it. Let's save but, yeah. it there, but see other people still yeah. theorizing. Yeah. Even though I love Indra, as we saw in the first episode, she definitely seems to be a bit of a tough love mother, while Gaia has always come across to me as quite soft and nurturing. Yeah, Indra banned crying, crying. <laughs> and thought it was a good move. <laughs> Great. <laughs> what do you guys think that think about Clark and Gaia forming a bond that perhaps gives Indra the indication that she needs to be a little more emotionally available to her daughter? If the show ends with both Indra and Gaia alive, I would love to see a moment that gave way to Indra extending a little more love and attention toward her outside of their duties. It would be it would be great character development and a hopeful conclusion for two characters who've always had to put responsibility before their own personal needs. Though maybe I am hoping for too much considering time restraints. I think I would not be shocked if I mean they they definitely I felt like did set up that they're connection is going to matter more yeah it wasn't even just that scene it was also early on when raven said mothers and daughters yeah i i i wouldn't be shocked if it's setting up just that indra sacrifices herself for gaia or something like that and uh, i think that not to say that i want that right i think there's also just like i think they should (laughs) and hopefully will have like an apology or something like you know, I'm proud of you for becoming your own person. Like, we are different, but I accept you. Like, yeah. something where the thing is, Indra is still sticking to her guns that she did everything she yeah. should have done. And it's like Gaia's fault for not like Following be- being the daughter that Indra wanted yeah. her to be. <sighs> That's yeah. not relatable at all. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but the point is that this is a very like, grounded uh like parent child relationship and it isn't always like oh just because we made it through some fights that we've actually grown to understand each other Mm -hmm. i think gaia like understands where indra is coming from but it just didn't work for her click yeah she's not that person so it's i am also very i really love this dynamic and that's why i feel that they are building gaia so that even like the gaia and indra stuff can work more Yeah. yeah Okay, next is uh, Jill via the 100 pod at Gmail. I see loads of people thinking that Guy and Clark scene was meant to hint at possible romance. Funnily enough, when I was watching that scene, it didn't even cross my mind. But I don't know whether that's just due to the fact my brain wouldn't process it because if that's what the writers are doing, it's totally fucking ridiculous. <laughs> For the love of God, please tell me in the final season they aren't going to pair Clark up with a character who is, she has barely had any interaction with out of nowhere. Yeah, 
I mean, that's <laughs> part of what I think this scene is meant to do is to give them interaction. Yeah, mm. but no, I mean, I don't, it's still like, I, you know, I said before the season started, like when we had just seen the trailer, people were already being like, wow, there's a lot of Gaia and Clark, Clark. stuff. Yeah. Are they going to ship them? And I was just like, if they were going to do that, they should have done it like last season or the season before, right? You yeah. Know, you, this is the season to pay off what you've built up. You don't build up something new like that. Well, then the criminals are back as a yeah. plot point, and yeah. that kind of is out of nowhere because yeah. they're completely new characters. Yeah, back. I mean, there's a bunch of new characters. A whole new faction is coming up from the anomaly, and yeah. they're invisible. Like, I'm just saying I don't yeah. trust them to not do yeah. brand new shit. Yeah. The writers still continue to bring up Lexa. Why? I used to think it was because they might bring her back for a scene or two. But I feel like they've talked about her constantly in every season since she died and still no scenes with her. Are they just trying to show how important she was to the show or something? For a show that has so much controversy over what happened, it will always baffle me why they don't seem to want to move on. Don't get me wrong. I loved her as a character and I'd be fine with them bringing her in at some point for the final season. But I have zero confidence that's going to happen. I feel bad for the hardcore... I feel bad for the hardcore Klexa shippers who probably get their hopes up only to be let down. So this is a complicated thing. And mm -hmm. obviously, no matter what they do, they're going to upset some faction of the Klexa people in some way. Mm -hmm. Like, I think the reason they keep bringing her up is in their mind as a positive thing for those people, whether they're shippers or just people who cared about the character and who feel hurt by what happened. Right. I, think, I think that this is meant in some ways as a like, hey, we are honoring the legacy of this character. It's not a character we're going to just shove under the rug because we fucked up. We are we're going to honor this character and show that their legacy is important. And I, I like we talked about when we were doing the recap, I think that potentially it was supposed to bring up the blood must not have blood idea mm -hmm. specifically here. I, I don't think that we're going to see Lexa again. I think that that is... I, I, I'll, I'll be happily wrong if I'm wrong. Yeah. But I, I don't think that that's very likely. If I were Alicia, I would not want to do that. Yeah. I would want to move on. It's been years for her. It, all it, It's only caused drama. Um, I don't think... Uh, I, I just... I don't know. Even if she came back, it would be for an episode. And yes, even though they've kept talking about her all this time... It still, to me, would feel weird to then have an end, at this point, have an endgame with, with Lexa. It, it just, it's so disconnected from where we are now. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's also just one of those things where, like, in our theorizing of, well, how would they bring Lexa yeah. back? It's like, well, if she's still in the flame, are they going to show her fighting Shade Hedda? Yeah. Well, we already saw her, like, go out in a blaze of glory of fighting yeah. Against people. Uh, people in the city, city of light, of light. Yeah. so like Lex is just there to protect Matt. Like if Maddie somehow is there, and now she protects Maddie. Like I don't, I don't really see what. Uh, here's yeah. Here's the thing. I think that what would make sense in some ways artistically is if somehow there was one final connection with with Lexa, or maybe she gave Clark advice, mm -hmm. or like sent her, or like you know, center on her way to her climactic decision or something like yeah. that. But I don't think that that would be satisfying to the fans because if Lexa comes back, they want her to come back to be Endgame. Right. Right. So it's like, I artistically, I don't think Endgame makes sense at this point, but 
I, you know, that that's the only thing that I think makes sense is, is having her just have... I'm picturing, like, Dumbledore at the end of C, uh, book seven, right? Yeah. Where it's like, oh, right before the end, they're in some sort of mind space and they have a discussion. Right. Uh, you know, I... I don't know. I, I, I guess... I'll I don't know how this will wrong. work. I mean, yeah. this is here. Honestly, this is part of why I think they thought about Gaia and Clark. Mm-hmm. It's because they were like, we can't get Alicia back. We can't do that. But we still want to, you know, as best we can, make it up to that fan base. Uh, and people I, are going to be hurt no matter what. Yeah. Though. Like it's it's. But again, I think they care more about the Clexa fan base than they do the Ballark fan base. Honestly, yeah. And and, and <laughs> debatably, right. <laughs> debatably, they should. I mean, because. The, I mean, and obviously that's a uh, tough thing, tough stance to make. Yeah. But debatably, because of the you know fact that it's a you know marginalized group that was mistreated by the show, they should care more about that group. Yeah. Uh, but they should not bend over backwards and break their show to care about that group. So it, it's complicated. It is complicated. If they, it's, it's again really a thing of like if they. We're like, we're going to do Bell Art. And they're like, but we have Gaia over here. So let's just do that instead. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, 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 we'll never know. Yeah. We said we wouldn't super talk about behind the scenes stuff. This is all I pure mean, speculation. Yeah, it's not yeah. real behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. But I'm just like, unless we have a writer who's like, yes, <laughs> this was our intention. Yeah. Who knows? The last piece of feedback comes from her niece via YouTube. I'm calling it. I thoroughly enjoy listening to your podcasts and reviews more than watching the actual show. Um, Thank you. That I guess I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> Dan's thoughtful insight. Oh yes, that I agree with. In the way Olga is so intelligent and so open-minded, will start dropping f bombs when something really pisses her off. <laughs> mm, that is very real, and Dan can attest to that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, ship them or not, Bellark is such a massive part of the show. Oh, sorry, part of the soul of the show and its story. To bait us, even Bob Morley called it in his latest tweet with longing looks in season one and not acknowledging it would be a slap in the face of the loyal fans. On one hand, I'm like, I'm just going to enjoy this last season no matter what happens and enjoy it for what it is. And the other, I am all, fuck, please be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it comes back to I don't think that there's any way to completely satisfactorily finish the show without exploring Bellark. And honestly, at this point, because they waited so long, I don't think there's any way to completely satisfactorily finish the show without giving them an actual endgame and not killing Bellamy. Uh, you know, uh. if they if they had gotten them together, like at the end of last season, then I could be like, okay, they got them together. They don't necessarily have to have them both live to the end or whatever. Right. But because they're waiting so long to get them together. And, you know, honestly, I, I think that's why something like Gaia and Clark actually excites me more. Because it's something fresh and new and something I'm excited about as opposed to Bellark, which is at this point, every time I see them... I'm just exhausted. Like, and I'm just like, either just fucking do it yeah. or don't. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm at that point yet, but it's definitely like in rewatching the season six finale yeah. and the hug and the sunset. And yeah. the, it's just like, and the music. And, it's yeah. like, come on. Yeah. It just, <laughs> it's right there. Do you realize what you're filming? Yeah. And, and that's the problem of like when you're filming something. 
and not realizing what you're putting on the screen. Well, that's the question. I mean, mm. maybe they do completely know what they're putting on the screen. And, and, and they really are baiting people. Or maybe they're really just w- taking their time and annoyingly so. But <laughs> It's hard because like we said, it seems like Echo's going on a journey of self-discovery. I mean, and that is a good way of like logically and not and not like meanly breaking, <laughs> breaking them, up. them up. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I- I'm still like, if I was to guess right now, yeah, I think Bellark will happen, but Bellamy will die. So that God, that's, 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 that that's my current so guess. So many people off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> every one of Clark's lovers dies. Yeah, like, Nyla it, has to stay alive, even though they're not romantic. Yeah. <laughs> she can't. She that's the thing live. is, even like I think, and then I think the way that they still give a happy ending to Clark in some way is probably doing like a flash forward enough in time mm-hmm. that she isn't still like destroyed by Bellamy's death. You know, yeah. I, I mean, these are just me spitballing, obviously, but like I, I, that's the thing is I. Every time I see a Bell Arc scene, especially we just rocked rewatch season six, and it's like every time I see one of those scenes, I go, I like this, but I'm not confident enough that it's going to end in a way that works or that they aren't going to just push it under the rug that it makes me be it like it hurts my enjoyment of each individual scene mm-hmm. because instead of me being excited and being like, I hope this happens, I hope this happens, it's gone on for so long that I'm just like, you know, okay, just give me an answer. Whereas like yeah. something, something like now I will be like holding on to every little bre- breadcrumb that they give me of Clark Gaia. and Gaia because yeah. I'm like, ooh, maybe this will happen. And if it does, it will be this season. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> It either happens this season or yeah. doesn't happen at and all. If I it guess. doesn't, I'm okay with that too. <laughs> yeah. <Like>. Uh, <laughs> God, shipping is exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I just know that everyone... A large group of every kind is going to be unhappy, no matter what. Yeah. I mean, I think the other thing that they might do is is leave it on an ambiguous tone, kind of the way they did at the end of season five, where it's like, oh, this is about Clark and Balmy. They're really, you know, holding each other, basically. But it could still be, oh, yes, they're best friends if you want to read it that way. That's uh, the problem. And we've talked about this, that the season five, like, last moment is in a way the perfect ending for the show. Yeah. And that, I mean, they thought that it might be the end of the show. Yeah. So I think that is a good indicator of what they might do. So I don't know. We'll see. They go to Bardo and they fall in love. <laughs> in the city become of a, bones. And become a collective. <laughs> All right. right. That's everything for this week. Yeah. Let us know your thoughts about this here podcast and about love in the time of coronavirus. And apparently people love it when I get pissed off and drop (laughs) F-bombs. I don't think I did that too much in this podcast. Damn it. What a terrible podcast. I know. You were, it was just 50% good because you were still insightful. Oh, thank you, dear. Yeah. Yeah. So fuck you. All right, guys, thank you so much, uh, and may we meet again. May we meet again.